Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Recorded live. The Nick Sports Show, formerly the greatest damn sports show. It is an online radio show for true sports fans. Coming to you from the ATL. Yeah, the analyst, he needs the producer. We'll get the parents from Big Nixon and other will keep your attention for sure. We'll keep it live, exciting, fresh, and fan-friendly. Jeff Jackson, the week, he needs the grand and other segments will highlight the week in sports. Call in to be heard or to win our Nick Sports giveaway and be sure to put your favorite team. Remember, you can find us at www.nicksports.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Listen to Nick Sports Show. We'll be glad you did. And welcome to Nick Sports Radio. I'm your producer, T Nix. Here we are on 7-19-2015. And we are here at another episode of Nick Sports Radio. Today we're going to talk about week one college football. We are now in the week two, but we are also going to talk about a week one preview of the NFL kickoff season this past weekend. I just want to thank everybody for tuning in from 6 to 9 here on Thursday night on NickSports.com, here on NickSports Radio, on TalkShoe.com. A couple of games we're going to talk about today is significant this weekend in college football. Georgia Tech at Notre Dame this weekend. Auburn at LSU, Ole Miss at Alabama. And then we got Thursday night game. We got the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos. And let's not forget our other host, Kev, the analyst. What's going on, bro? Another night of football, man. We got college and we got professional football tonight. So that's a good thing, man. That's what's up, man. Uh, how's your week been going, man? We, we're a little past hump day. It's 30 tomorrow, Friday, man. We need to go ahead and get it on. Uh, weekend's coming up. And we're going to have like three, four days of football from here on out. Yeah, man. Think about it. On Thursday night, you got college and pro. And then on Friday, like tomorrow night, you got Florida State playing. And, of course, yeah. you got high school. Then on Saturday, you got college all day. And then Sunday, you got pro all day. And then yeah. Monday, you got a Monday night game. See, next, you don't get no better, man. That's what's going on. All right, bro. Uh, we got a whole lot to talk about and a little bit to talk and a little bit of time to talk about it. So how do you want to kick this one off, man? Let's go through some of the matchups from last week, man, in college football. Right, we can do that. It wasn't a huge, a huge week for college, but in college, you got to win every game, man. Right. So the first game that we talked about last week was Utah versus Utah State. Utah 
at home, poured out the victory. So now they're two and zero. But see, next we're gonna talk about this game when we do week three previews. It's Utah this week against UCLA, which is one of my favorite teams in the country. Right. That's gonna be right. an interesting game. But the main thing is Utah won the game and they're two and zero going into Pac Pac twelve play. Gotcha. Next game, T Nick, that was kind of it was interesting to watch because my wife is a um, South Florida alumna. Alumnus, however you want to say it. And they went into Florida State. Um, Halftime, this game, 7-7. And South Florida actually had a few more chances um, to score. Right. Um, But in the second half, Florida State depth took over. Um, Dalvin Cook had 30 rushes for 266 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he balled out. I'll be honest with you, in my mind, he was one of the few people off Florida State that balled out. Right. And they really um, – I remember when we first kind of started doing the, the preseason um, rankings of, of um, teams, I, I put um, Florida State in my top four, making it to the playoffs. But then when we got to the ACC preview, it was kind of like, hold up, I don't think this team is built like that. And I flipped to Clemson. Games like this – make me feel good about flipping to Clemson <laughs> because they pulled it out. And people look at 34-14 and a win is a win, but eventually you go play a higher level of competition. And that right. worries me with Everett Golston at quarterback this year. He's just not Jameis Winston because, I mean, he just got into the program, let's be fair. But right. Florida State concerns me, T. Nixon. Um, you picked Georgia Tech to win the, the ACC, and I picked Clemson. I think either one of our picks are looking better than Florida State at this point. Not saying they can't turn it around, but from what I saw, T-Nex, Florida State didn't look too impressive. Yeah, and then the way the things that that they're shaping up for Georgia Tech, it seems like they're actually looking like a whole uh, more favored team for the ACC, and uh, we're going to be talking about them. One of the biggest matchups is uh, Georgia Tech, number 15, Georgia Tech, rolling in there to play Notre Dame. This weekend, uh, Notre Dame lost their quarterback, and the running back this past weekend, and the uh, their backup was pretty good. Uh, I don't, I got to get some more information on him, but uh, Notre Dame had a little bit of trouble. But uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about Notre Dame in a little bit. I give you a little bit to know about them. <laughs> right, right, right. So, uh, but like you said, with that Florida State game in South Florida, that was a thirty-four. Uh, 14 win for Florida State. Uh, like you said, it was 7-7 at halftime. Florida State made the adjustments. And they took off, and they ended up winning 34-14. Uh, excuse me. And um, Dalvin Cook was the leading rusher with 30 carries, 266 yards, and three touchdowns, like you said. He, I think he had the best performance this past weekend for running back. Uh in college, and um, but I don't think that guy it can sustain Florida State with the type of schedule that they have, and even if they do cut it to the top four and make the tournament, I really don't see Florida State, like you said, getting past Clemson or Georgia Tech for that matter. The way that the, the way they've been playing, but you know, it's still early in the season, bro. Yeah, it is. And, All uh, right. 
next game, team next. This was almost the upset of the century. Right. <laughs> yeah. I know where we Big going. Dixon probably had a heart attack. Right. Um, half the people from our hometown, Fort Payne, Alabama, probably had a heart attack. And that's Auburn versus Jacksonville State. Seniors, I didn't even think about this game. I was like, give me Auburn with the points. Right. I'm not evaluating where <laughs> I think I looked at them. Jacksonville State barely beat Chattanooga the week before. <laughs> Right. I totally discounted Jacksonville State, and for that, I apologize. Because they played with heart, they played with fire, and they looked like the team out of the SEC, not Auburn. Right. Auburn didn't tie this game, Phoenix, until 39 seconds left. Right. To go to overtime. Jacksonville, go ahead. Well, well, well just, I mean, just go ahead and just you look at the top performance. Eli Jenkins, Jacksonville quarterback, was 26-43 for 277 yards and a touchdown. And the lead receiver was Josh Barge from Jacksonville State, 14 receptions, 132 yards, and one touchdown. Only running back, Peyton Barber from Auburn, had 23 carries, 125 yards, and one touchdown. When you have a team like Jacksonville State competing with a team like Auburn, Hey, man, these cats automatically go ahead and they, they probably can get in the power conference. Uh, the Big 12 probably needs somebody to, to give them some competition like that to put them on the map because they do need 12 teams before they can have a conference championship in the Big 12. So, hey, you might want to look at Jacksonville State <laughs> to get to get into that conference. But, uh but it was Auburn. I thought the personally, well, by looking at the game, bro, Auburn played down to their talent in Jacksonville State roads rose to the occasion, and that's what happened. And Auburn, I hate to much. Uh, I hope Big Dixon ain't listening, but I don't think Auburn can win the West playing like this week in and week out. Oh, they can't. Yeah, ain't no doubt to that. Let them play like this against Mississippi State. Oh, Miss. LSU, who will go preview? They Alabama. against Vanderbilt or Kentucky or Tennessee. Not Kentucky now, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Now, they can play like that against Vanderbilt. <laughs> but Kentucky? No, Kentucky, who beat South Carolina this week, we knew that Stoops was ultimately going to get that program on track. And for mm-hmm. them to go into South Carolina to win, Kentucky's an up-and-coming team in the East. Right. Well, behind a... Uh... Tennessee and uh, Georgia, of course, and uh, South. You know, and uh, Georgia does have to play South Carolina this week. I think that line of spread is uh, seventeen is a little too much for my blood for Georgia. But the way Kentucky did in South Carolina, I can see why they would go that way. Yep, but the way we got to finish off this Auburn game, T. Nix is ultimately Auburn survived. Right, and even though they dropped all the way down to number eighteen. If they win the rest of the games this season, they'll they'll finish in the playoffs, trust me. <laughs> so their headstone's not written, but if they do lose a game, it makes it a lot tougher for them. Right. Gotcha. All right, bro, what else is, is, is significant on this schedule for last weekend? My favorite SEC, um, I mean, my favorite ACC team, Clemson, playing scrubs like they normally do early in the season. Went ahead and took out Appalachian State. 41 to 10. Right. Nothing significant there. 
your favorite team in the ACC, Georgia Tech, they won 65 to 10. We know about the rushing attack for um, Georgia Tech. They could throw about 100 different running backs at you from 100 different directions. Yeah, they rushed. They 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 rushed seven running backs. Touched the ball last weekend. <laughs> yep, <laughs> too late. <laughs> so it could have been more. Yeah, everybody getting some game time, some playing time down there to the take if you're a running back. Yep. How does so, this is is this against this being Tulane? Does it make Georgia that's really significant? Uh, against Notre Dame, or is just the hype, or people just hate Notre Dame that much? Uh, what? What? We're going to get to that, but you know, it's a lot going on in this game. It's a lot of chatter going on at the job about it. Uh, heck, I don't even heard Georgia fans saying they want Georgia Tech to beat Notre Dame. Yeah, because Georgia has a feeling that Georgia Tech might be undefeated this year. Right. If they can get through Georgia Tech, I think they get Clemson at home. Right. I think they get Florida State here too, but they do have to go to Duke, which I think is their nemesis, and I think they got to go to North Carolina also, which it'll make it a little harder, but it's better than going to Clemson and going to Florida State. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So this is their key. Of course, they have a lot of key games starting with this week, but if they can get through this week, that propels them to another atmosphere. Right. It brings them to that Duke game next week at Duke, to your point, two road games in a row. Right. To where if they build that momentum, oh, gee, next they actually go to Clemson. Okay. Uh, that's a tough schedule. To get Notre Dame at Duke, then North Carolina at home, then straight up to Clemson. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a heck of a schedule. But it's some SEC teams to get worse schedules than than Georgia Tech right now. And, well, at least uh, they're used to it. Yeah, yeah. But they, the good thing about and, – and, T, Nick, one good thing you got to remember about Georgia Tech, this Georgia Tech-Duke game, to your point, is so important because they're in the same division, which is the Coastal Division. Right. So if you lose this game and then y'all end up with the same record, all of a sudden Georgia Tech loses the tiebreaker. Right. So as important as this Notre Dame game is for them to try to reach the tournament, in terms of the ACC championship, the the, the real important game is the next game that they play against Duke. Right. But I think this game is so big, I don't think Georgia Tech will be looking ahead. Oh, Duke. no way. There's no way they can look ahead to Duke right now. Yeah, because we're going to talk about it, um, Notre Dame, so we'll come back to this, but yeah. They got reasons not to look ahead because the team right in front of them can still kick butt with with the quarterback they got now or with the quarterback who got hurt. Right, right, right. All right, bro, what else do you want to get on the docket for the, this past weekend? Um, I mean, just one of the easy games, Ohio State. They shut out Hawaii. Hawaii put up a, a better fight than most people thought. You never got the feeling that Ohio State was going to lose, but I was for sure that Ohio State was going to um, cover. And they right. actually didn't cover, so um, that's a win in itself for Hawaii. So, yeah. congratulations, Hawaii! You didn't get blown out. TCU, yeah. seventy to seven, man, ridiculous. After they played such a close game, and to your point that you always bring up about the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, they don't have that conference championship. So you have to be impressive as often as you can. They already fell back to number three, 
and they can't fall back. They can't take a chance of falling back to four or five. You they know? can't. That yeah, they and and their uh, nimbus is in that conference. Baylor, yeah, it had just got knocked out of the top four. So exactly. That now they're on the outside looking in the same situation as last year, that started off in week two for the for the Baylor Bears. So yeah, so Baylor and TCU Phoenix at the end of the year they have to be like one or two, because if you have that same scenario where even though Ohio State was five, they jumped them. Because you got a team who won a conference championship, that same scenario could happen this year. So it's important for TCU if Alabama or Ohio State loses to to kind of stick with that two spot, or either Baylor try to pop up and get the two spot if they can beat TCU head to head. Because they don't, they just don't have that last chance to truly impress in that conference championship. You know? Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Ole Miss won again, seventy three to twenty one. We gonna talk about them. Alabama won 37-10. to We're going to talk about them because they play Ole Miss, which I think is the most interesting game of the weekend. But um, we're going to get to that. Arkansas, T-Mix. Yeah. Brett Malema was talking all this stuff. Ohio State played one more ranked team the rest of the year. Ohio State <laughs> needs to schedule a better. Man, y'all lost to Toledo at home, man. You can't say nothing about nobody else schedule for the rest of the year. How about that? Well, yeah. You, you, you got to understand, bro. Uh you know, maybe what, what was that? Three years, four, uh, three, four or five years back, Toledo. They have, a, they get a program every once in a while, and they will catch. And, and the dog will have his day. They actually remember that time they went up to Penn State and beat them like fifty-six to three in Death Valley. Yep. Mm-hmm. Toledo is not a put. Toledo actually went undefeated that year. They went undefeated that year, and they could not play if, you know, they couldn't get nothing close to a national title. What was the best they did? What what bowl? they? I, I got to find out what bowl they went to. It wasn't even a BCS bowl. I think they got sent to – I think they probably made it to the Citrus Bowl or something. But Toledo has a program up there that I don't know. Maybe the maybe the Big Twelve needed to recruit Toledo and get them in there because whoever you know, I don't even know the name of the coach. I gotta I gotta get up there. I gotta you gotta pay attention to Toledo, man. But to knock off uh, you an unranked team, I think Toledo was ranked like what sixty something in the nation. Yeah, it don't even matter. They were unranked, and they went to Arkansas's house when people were picking Arkansas as a sleeper to win the SEC West and beat them. That's yeah. embarrassing. Because you and I know Toledo has talent. Right. This is a team who Toledo probably had about 100 fans, and all of them was parents and cousins and everything, man. Right. And for them to come into a top-20 environment of this up-and-coming team who's been running his mouth about other teams and beat them, embarrassing. Arkansas, last year, if y'all had lost to Toledo, I would have understood it because y'all were rebuilding. Now you sold your entire fan base on the fact of we're done rebuilding, our time is now. Right. If your time is now and you lose to Toledo at home, something wrong, man. So, like, the entire catchphrase they had for this year, t Nix, is just, mm. Burn them shirts. <laughs> yeah, burn them shirts, man. Just burn yeah. them. Change it to one more year. <laughs> now, 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 bro, this next game, this is a little more interesting. Uh, number 19, Oklahoma, beats number 23, Tennessee. This game wasn't interesting, T-Nicks. 
But 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 just just look at it. <laughs> no, no, a lot of people thought Tennessee was gonna take out Oklahoma, man. But no, Oklahoma. I ain't talking about that part, T Nicks. The part I'm talking about is your boys had them seventeen to nothing. Yeah, yeah. And they had them. They had them, T Nicks, on the ropes. I'm talking about like like Foreman, man. T Nicks. I don't know what Tennessee just. It's one of those things where you're not prepared. Where mm-hmm. you have the talent, but you don't have that mind state to say you're a top nineteen team. We're gonna go ahead and beat you forty nine to nothing, like you tried to beat us last year. Right. Instead, they let Oklahoma stay around, T Knicks. They let them stay around in that third quarter. Oklahoma start building that momentum, and then in the fourth quarter they tied it. And then in OT, man, they took them on out, man. And to your point, it was an interesting game. It was just disappointing not to see Tennessee take that next step that they need to to dominate that SEC East. So, 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 so by saying that, bro, would, does Tennessee need another year, or can they learn from this situation and, and, and try to go ahead and win the SEC East? They should win the SEC East, but what they have to be concerned about is you have a very seasoned Georgia team. Right. You have a Kentucky team, which you and I have already discussed, has improved. We hadn't talked about Missouri, but we already know Missouri has no challenges going either into Georgia or into Tennessee and winning there. Right. In Florida, although they hadn't played, like, tough competition, East Carolina is one of those teams like Toledo, Phoenix, that almost beat South Carolina last year, and I think they did beat North Carolina. Right. So it's like the SEC East that we thought we were going to see I think a lot of the lower teams are better than I thought. Like, I thought Florida was a year away with a new head coach. I thought Kentucky was about a year or two away. I knew South Carolina was going to be down, and we knew Vandy was just going to suck. I thought it was going to be a three-team race between Missouri, Tennessee, and Georgia. But now you got to plop Florida in that thing, and you got to plop Kentucky in there, T-Nick. So, yeah, Tennessee got bigger challenges than I thought. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I I just hope they wake up, man. I mean, you know, I you know, even though I picked Georgia, you know, I know you you hard. I still think Tennessee is one year away, you know, and I think it was lack of experience in that game that let Oklahoma creep back into that game, and they stuck with it, and that's what got them. That's what got them in the end, and a bit of in the tail, and they just ran out of gas. What uh? Let's go ahead and roll it on. We got a couple of minutes left before we go to the break. Uh, number 16, Texas A&M rolls by Ball State, 56-23. And, Kev, you can step in anytime you want to. Number 22, Arizona beats Nevada, 44-0. Uh, what we just talked about, number 21, Missouri beats Arkansas State, 27-20. to Another nail-biter for a top 25 team, bro. I knew that game was going to be close, though. Um, I knew Arkansas State was 0-1, but Arkansas State is one of those programs like Toledo. So the difference is Missouri took on that tough lower-level team and went to their house and won, whereas Arkansas just didn't step up to the challenge. So when you look at this score and you see the teams, it's kind of like, okay, Missouri, what happened? It's like, no, they went into a tough environment and pulled off a good W. So I like that win by Missouri, even though it's only by seven. Got you, got you. And uh, number four, Baylor beats Lamar, sixty-six to thirty-one. Even though they dropped in the rankings, 
due to the next game, which is Michigan State, number five, Michigan State being number seven, Oregon, 31 to 28. Uh, good game, T. Knicks. I'll good, tell you like this: it was it was a good, solidly played football game. Right. Technically, I, like I, I think Michigan State should have beat TCU too. But you know what? I think it's going to happen later on in the next few weeks, and people going to start to recognize Michigan State and go ahead and give them the street cred, and all the people that just love TCU for being TCU. They're probably going to realize this, like, okay, TCU is not going to make the make the tournament until they get them a Big Twelve champ, uh, championship. So, yeah, I mean, the way I look at it, T-Nix, all these teams will go play each other. We know that USC being in the top ten is going to play UCLA if they're both still there. We right. know Michigan State and Ohio State is going to play. We know Alabama is going to play all kind of comers, and then we also know that. Um, um, Baylor and TCU will go play. So the good thing is I'm not too concerned about the rankings right now, but I am with you 100%. I would have put Michigan State number three. Yeah, yeah. I'm with uh, you there. Yeah, number eight, USC beat Idaho 59-9. Number 14, LSU tops out over Mississippi State. Number 25, Mississippi Mississippi State 21-19. I wish I would have saw more of that game, T-Nix. I'm not going to lie to you. I was asleep by then. It yeah. looks like that was an interesting game. Yeah, and it seemed like the score was pretty interesting. And then uh, number 13, your favorite and mine, number 13, UCLA beats UNLV 37-30. So, uh, bro, in your personal opinion, how do you think uh, – did they get the rankings right this week? Um, no, they made some mistakes. And one thing we do have to also give BYU credit for pulling off another upset. Um, beating right. Boise State. But um, I think they messed up in a few places. I like the fact they dropped Auburn. And I'm, like, I'm glad they dropped Auburn like a rock because they deserve to. I right. feel like UCLA more than most. I think UCLA should truly be in that top ten. And then um, you and I already talked about Michigan State really being number three. So um, otherwise, you know, I'm not too concerned the second week of the season. When we start talking about the true playoff rankings, then we'll have more conversations. Yeah, do you, do you think UCLA, you think that will be Oregon's nemesis for the Pac-12 this year? I think not only um, – I also think USC. I think USC and UCLA are going to give them trouble. And we know they struggle with the Arizona and the Arizona State. So, yeah, Oregon does not have a cakewalk this year. And I didn't see them going undefeated anyway. And they're going to go into the playoffs with a couple of losses if they get there. So If they get yeah. there. Exactly. All right, you listen to Nick Sports Radio with T Nick, the producer, Kev the analyst. When we come back, we got more football, football, and football. Week two college. Uh, well, actually, week three college. Week two pro, and we'll be right back here on Nick Sports Radio right after the break. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah
Sports Show, formerly the greatest damn sports show. It's the whole lot radio show for true sports fans. Coming to you from the ADL. Yeah, the analyst, he needs the producer. We'll get the parents of the big business and other will keep your attention for sure. We'll keep live, exciting, fresh, and fan-friendly. Kev, just the other week, he needs the bread and other segments will highlight the week in sports. Call in to be heard or to win our next sports giveaways and be sure to win your favorite team. And welcome back to Nick Sports Radio. I'm your producer, T. Nick. She got character analyst. analyst. We've been talking college football. We're going to talk some more college football along with some NFL football. But when y'all hear this, y'all know the Rams and Raiders is going out. Bro, you, you there? You there, bro? Well, well, when you get back home, let me go ahead and just tell you what my rant is. Oh, look, you know I'm on mute, man. When it's time for your rant, man, I go on mute. Roll with it. All right, man. Uh, we got to go to the hometown, the homeboy. Man, Pac-Man Jones get fined $35,000 for the assault on Amari Cooper from the Bengals Raiders game this past Sunday. Pat Red, you are in Cincinnati because nobody else would give you a chance. And you are slowly but surely burning your bridges and your street cred real, real quick. Calm down, bro. You're getting older. You got a top three wide receiver. Now, matter of fact, he's one of the top two wide receivers in the league to get drafted this year. Just because he's giving you fits out there, man, do not, I repeat, do not insult people, assault people out there on the field, man. Give it up. You can't be the best all the time just because somebody getting the best of you, man. $35,000, really. And there are people out there to get fined more than Pac-Man. I do know that. But, bro, he need to chill out. He need to chill out for real. And then when they asked him about the incident, they said, yeah, I got fined 35 k way too much for a football play. I'll, I'll appeal it. The story is magnified because it's me. I can't promise it won't happen again. I'm an emotional player. Okay, how do you look at how, how much do you read into that, bro? Well, um, it's a poor response in my mind, you know, <laughs> because you're having a disregard for the team, which is supposed to be your number one priority. Right. Um, Amari Cooper punched him in the throat on a couple of – it was either the play before or the uh, – it was somewhere within that vicinity that um, Amari Cooper punched him. Inadvertent, inadvertent, I don't care, and I don't know. So that's his justification for going after the dude. But sometimes second, you just got to take it, man. The second person always get caught. That's the whole thing. There you go. Up. It is. And he has to learn how to contain himself because let's say that would have been a good team they were playing. No offense. But um, if that would have been a studly team, 
that could have came back to really bite them. Let's say that was Baltimore week three, and you're up on them by three, and next thing you know, you give them a free first down, they score a touchdown, and momentum changes. Well, well, don't get me wrong. I mean, they can still bring down suspension if they well, want. No, they, they, said, they said at this point they're not going to suspend them. So the, the league officers did say that. They said the fine is sufficient. So as long as he doesn't do anything stupid, but then this puts the um, target on your back in case you do something else, as you and yeah. I both know. Right. I, 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 you just got to learn to deal with it, man. It's like it's like a young kid. Like, look, yeah. man, stuff is going to happen. You got to let it roll off your back and keep playing through it. All right, bro. That's my rant, man. Let's get back into this, to the real deal of the football. Uh, we jumping into week three this week for the matchups, bro. Yes, sir. Okay, okay. I know we got a couple of significant ones that we're going to talk about. Uh, I guess you wanna you wanna talk about a couple of underlying games, or you just wanna go ahead and jump into meat and potatoes on this one? No, we are gonna go through the top twenty-five, man. So okay. we got Clemson tonight going to Louisville. Louisville's zero and two. Um, they've lost to Houston last week after losing to Auburn, which doesn't look as impressive as we thought it would. Um, mm-hmm. I'm taking Clemson in this game, but I do think um I think it's a comfortable seven ten point win. But I would take Clemson in this game. But don't don't get surprised if uh, Bobby Petrino don't pull some rabbits out of his hat, as as we know him to do, <laughs> and have some surprises waiting for Clemson. But I think Clemson withstands that storm team that can pull this win on out. Yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and concur. I'm going to go ahead and take Clemson. Uh, I'm going to treat Louisville like I did the New York Giants last year until they showed me something different. I am rolling with the opposite team. Uh, let's go ahead and roll on to our Friday's game. At uh, 8 o'clock, you got number nine, Florida State, at Boston College. This is a con- – yeah, yeah. A lot of people picking this team needs to be the upset of the week, man. I, I, Florida what? State struggles with so many different teams, as we saw last week. But I just don't see them losing this game to next. Well, yeah, Florida State is playing about nine and a half points. The over-under is 47. Uh, uh, you know what? I gotta, I gotta still roll with Florida State until, even though both of them are two and zero, this is the tail of the tape for for Boston College. Now, if if this is an upset, so be it. It's, it's it, it'll be a surprise to me. It'll be a surprise to me if Boston College can pull this off. But I'm gonna roll with number nine Florida State of Boston College. Now, that's the only Friday game. Now, uh, Saturday, you know, we got a slew of them. You got Connecticut at number twenty-two, Missouri, and you can jump in, Kev, whenever you want to. You got Nevada. We talked North- about Missouri. Um, I think Missouri pulls that game on out. They're favored by twenty-one and a half. So, right. Not yeah. what you're talking about. I'll give you my pick regardless of the game, but we won't spend much time on most of them, like you said. Right. You got a uh, Nevada at Texas, number seventeen, Texas A&M. Rolling with Texas A&M. You got Tulsa at number sixteen, Oklahoma, which moved up to United after beating Tennessee. So. Uh, and Oklahoma. Got, yeah, and then you got Air Force at number four, Michigan State, and then Michigan uh, State. you got number twenty-three, Northwestern, with an impressive win, and they are rolling into the Duke Blue Devils and playing them. This is an interesting game. This is a game, Phoenix, where if I'm home on Saturday early, this is the game I will watch out of that entire slate. Yeah, because you have the upper end of the Big Ten playing 
the upper end of the ACC. Like Northwestern is like maybe maybe the fifth or sixth best team in the Big Ten, and Duke is probably the fifth or the sixth best team in the ACC. So this would be an interesting game, you know. I think it'd be even evenly matched, and that's a twelve thirty game on ESPN three. Now, at a, and I'm actually go take I'm actually go take Duke, but I take Northwestern. 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 I'm taking Northwestern. They impressed. Hey, I can me. see it. They impressed me against Stanford. Then at two o'clock, you got a uh, Kev the analyst alumni Georgia State at number twelve Oregon. Oh. Uh, Woo, that that spread is almost a, a fifty burger. It's at forty three point five. I think it's gonna be closer to fifty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, got, okay. Uh, you can save this one. You can skip to the next I, one. I can skip. I can skip it. Okay. You got North Illinois at Ohio State. You got a uh, Troy at number twenty four Wisconsin. You got Texas San Antonio at number twenty five Oklahoma State. We're going to skip this one, and we're going to jump South Carolina at number seven, Georgia. All right, T-Nix. This one is, like you said, 16 and a half, you said. I think that's too too rich for my blood for Georgia. Just for the simple fact that uh, Grayson Lambert did not – Kevin, they didn't have a completed pass in the first half, man. And I can understand trying to get your quarterback in the rhythm, you know, they can – I mean, zero the first half. This dude has played a few years at Virginia. And he's transferred, and, and Mark Witt has made him the starting quarterback over who I think should be the starting quarterback, Ramsey. And George is having quarterback problems, man. I mean – don't get me wrong. Teams like Alabama are having quarterback problems too, but <laughs> they got a heck of a defense. Yeah, yeah, they got a defense to help them out. But you know, I like Georgia in this game, but I don't like the sixteen and a half. Really, I don't like it. I think Georgia they'll probably win by ten, fourteen maybe. And that's yeah, you. If, if you lose to Kentucky, this is what happens. Yeah, if Nick Chubb, if Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb got to do probably a buck seventy-five and two touchdowns, or maybe even three to cover that. Because right now, that's all Georgia got because they don't have a quarterback to throw through their wide receivers or tight ends. It's going to be all Nick Chubb. So, yeah, but I do take Georgia this weekend. 10, 12 at the most. All right. All right, you got an in-state rivalry at 8 o'clock. You got SMU going to number three, Texans, Christian, TCU at number three. That's spread at 37 and a half. Uh, I thought this would be an interesting game, but it really won't be at 8 o'clock on ABC. You got Stanford rolling in to play the number six Trojans of USC. That's a nine and a half. Uh point spread on that. You like USC? Yeah, I, I certainly do. I like USC, but I think Stanford is going to play with them for a while, but eventually USC's athleticism is going to um, go, go ahead and take this game over to next. I got you. And then uh, some other games, number 19, Brigham Young is playing number 10, UCLA. 
number 21, Utah is playing Fresno State, and uh, North Arizona is playing number 20, Arizona. Okay. All right. And now, before we get into the big three, I did want to spend a little bit more time on this game, which is the BYU, who's pulled out two nice wins, going to USC, UCLA, who's number 10. Um, I'd love to see USC really kind of show the country how good they are by putting a little whooping on BYU. But, you know, we'll see because BYU's won two games that people didn't expect them to win, too, Nick. Really? So I'm not going to be up till 1030 watching college football because if I'm up at 1030 watching college football, we go talk about – I'm going to be watching the game we're going to talk about. But uh, this will be an interesting team next where if you finish watching Alabama, Ole Miss, and you feel kind of awake, go ahead and pop over to this game and see how UCLA looks, man. That's right. what I recommend to you. Got you, got you. And all right, bro, let's go ahead and jump into meat and potatoes. Which one you want? Let's go ahead and jump on this Georgia Tech Notre Dame. Okay, since this is my game, I'm going to jump on this game. Yep, I, you got it. I love this game. This is perfect for Georgia Tech to break into the top ten. Then this will soar Notre Dame out. They might fall a little further than Auburn did than they did this past week. Really. Notre Dame lost a starting quarterback. And uh, Georgia Tech, they just look unstoppable. They have an offense that they run that they run better second to none than anybody else in, in in the in the United States in college football. Yes, Notre Dame did beat Texas thirty eight to three, but Texas is not Texas anymore. We're not right now anyway. They beat they won at Virginia thirty four to twenty seven, which a game I think they could have lost as easily as they could have won. Now, at 3.30 on NBC, all eyes will be on the Fighting Irish when they play Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is averaging over 60 points a game, bro. Notre Dame hasn't scored that much. Even if Notre Dame does hold Georgia Tech to to half of that, how are they going to keep... How are they going to keep? How they how they going to score? They got to score every time because Georgia Tech run and and Coach Johnson he runs the ball. He keeps the other team's offense off of the field, so therefore you have less opportunities. So you got to score every time you out there because Tech is scoring, putting wear and tear on your defense throughout the game. I like Tech a lot. They are my dark horse to get in the tournament, believe it or not. Thank you for the Big 12 for not having a tournament this year. And you need to go ahead and get them other two teams because y'all will steadily be screwed into getting in the tournament until they go to eight teams. Until they go to eight teams. I love Tech. Actually, Tech is actually giving up two and a half points in Notre Dame. I don't think that's fair, but you know what? I'll take it because a lot of people think Tech is going to win by two scores anyway. I wouldn't go that far. I do have Tech winning two, T-Nicks. 
I wouldn't go two scores. <clears throat> I think Notre Dame's going to play physical defense. That's one thing that has looked good this year is their defense. But I'm with you. I think this sets up for, as funny as it is, you bring up a great point where I think the game next week is going to be their toughest game of the season. Right. <laughs> so they pull off this win, propels them upwards, um, and gets them ready for a huge matchup against Duke. Right. And, y'all, we ain't talking about basketball. We're talking about football. <laughs> right. And, I mean, I mean but, but you look at it. They If they, they, they beat Notre Dame, they got to play unranked Duke. They play at home against unranked North Carolina, and that's going. And if they can duck those two bullets, Duke is the, probably the bigger bullet. Then they go on to play at a number eleven Clemson, which probably Clemson will probably be in the top ten too. So you're probably looking at another like a number seven versus a number nine at that time. Top ten matchup, man. Yeah, you might look at a number seven versus number nine. And then Pittsburgh, Florida State, which is number nine at number nine right now. Virginia, Virginia Tech, Miami, and then Georgia. From that from that uh, Virginia game on, I'm not worried about Tech. From Virginia, Virginia Tech, Miami, Florida, and Georgia, I'm not worried about it. Uh-oh. Yeah. All right. Now, now Tech is in the beat, meat and potatoes of their schedule now. Notre Dame, Duke, North Carolina, and Clemson. Then they get a little bye breather with Pittsburgh, and then they play Florida State. Other than that, them last four games, they should be able to handle that, bro. And I'm calling it out right here on NickSports.com. So you calling them for undefeated or just one loss and getting into the playoffs? But you know what I'm telling you, I, I'm no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying they're getting into the meat and potatoes of their schedule. But after that Florida State game, it's smooth sailing. If they undefeated after the Florida State game, it's smooth sailing for them. They can't be ignored no longer. You have you, and the way things are falling right now, it looks like it's gonna be. Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan State. Woo! And it's going to be a toss-up between Oregon and Georgia Tech. But like I said, Georgia Tech is my dark horse. All right. So, all right, T-Nicks. Now let's switch to the SEC. Okay. It's a lot of them. Which one you want? <laughs> we got to talk about the disappointing team we were talking about earlier who almost lost to Jacksonville State. Right. The Auburn Tigers go down to LSU, the Death Valley, to play the LSU Tigers. Right. Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sometimes when you get embarrassed, you come back with such a fire and such a flame that you can take on things that people didn't think you could take on. Okay, I can agree. I don't with see that. that happening in this game. <laughs> oh, I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't think LSU beats them by 28 or nothing. Let's not get it confused. But I do get the feeling that in this game, I look at LSU to, to pull off, you know, like a, a seven-point victory. They're favored by six and a half. So if right. you give me LSU 27 to 20, 
I'd take it because I thought Muschamp was going to do more with the defense, which the defense wasn't the issue last week. Let's not get it twisted. But we know Fortinet, Fortinet, who's the running back from LSU, is going to run the rock a lot. And Auburn's going to have to stop it, and he's going to attempt to wear him down. Along with that crowd, T-Nix and and Death Valley, I just got LSU pulling this one out. What's your thoughts, man? Uh, Right right now, uh, it's it's up in the air because, like I said before in in schedule, uh, Auburn, right now they're playing playing to the competition. That's what they're doing right now. They're playing to the competition. And and this is this is the game that they will actually they can, I can see them playing up to the potential that what they're supposed to be. But like you saying, I'm, they gotta go to Death Valley to play LSU. Auburn won't play like a number ranked sixteen. Like they're capable of doing. I, I just don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I, I just don't see it. LSU, they, you actually, they're one of the contenders. I got the win in the SEC West, along with yep. Alabama, and then, true. and then Texas A and M. You can't ignore them either. Nope. <laughs> you can't ignore them. Auburn. Ole not, Miss. Yeah, Ole Miss. They're not out right now. Auburn is not a top five team in the SEC West. And the good thing is they have time to change that around. But like you said, when your quarterback play is as poor is as poor as Auburn's has been so far this year, T Knicks, yeah. it's just a recipe for disaster. And we know the swarming defense of LSU will take advantage of any turnover opportunities they get. Right. And 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 that's the whole that's the whole point about it is, man, that uh LSU the the opportunists, they're gonna do whatever they what they is, they're gonna use everything that they your mistakes, they're going to use your mistakes against you and do everything that they can do to hinder you, to keep you doing what you got to do and get you out of your game plan. And then the crowd is going to make a big difference for them also. So I can't see, I can't see, right now I can't see Auburn beating them. I just can't see it. I think it's possible because we've known LSU and Auburn to play some 6-3 games or 9-6 games. Right. So even though both teams may seem to have like powerful offenses, when they play each other, it's like okay, all of a sudden they get nineteen twenty two style football. So even though Auburn's not built that way, Justin Alzano's going to have to really encourage the rushing attack to, to to destroy this game and keep LSU's defense on the field and keep his defense off the field. They have a chance, but you and I both pick um, Auburn to lose this game to LSU. Yeah. T Knicks. Yeah. One more game, man. Well, uh, you want to say that to the after the break, man? Yep, we're going to save it for after the break, man, because i got to spend a little bit more time on this one because I think it's going to be one of the best games of the season. Fingers crossed. One of the better games of the season. Yeah, man. All right, then, man. Well, this will probably be the tail of the tape. But uh, you've been listening to Nick Sports Radio. T. Nick, the producer, Kevin Analyst, when we come back, we're going to talk about what's going to be the best matchup this weekend in college football right here on Nick Sports Radio. You got T-Nick, the producer, Kevin Adams. We'll be right back after the break. 
No, you ain't getting no.
Sports Bama's going to come in with revenge on their mind. 
we know Bama has a solid running game that tends to wear teams down. But Ole Miss is going to put up a fight, team. because I tell you like that, I would take Ole Miss with the points. Ole Miss with the points? Ooh. Yeah, and it wouldn't surprise me um, to see a victory by Ole Miss because sometimes revenge is only so much of a factor. Right. And I think Ole Miss has talent because we've been talking about Ole Miss's talent for three years. They continue to accumulate and recruit very well. So, right. T-Nix, watch this game, man. It comes on at 9-15 Eastern, man. It's the ESPN game. I recommend you watch this game because this, I think, I hope, is one of the better games in the SEC so, this year. So, so do, you, do you think this is going to be a defensive game or or you think I it's going to be an uh, offensive 20, game? Give me 24 to 21. Or, no, give me 27 to 24. That's what I think. You you know what I had? A, a guy asked me at work, uh, oh, giving a shout-out to uh, John McGee on uh, on Nick Sports Radio that's listening to us up here in Cumming, Georgia. Uh, he's a big Alabama fan. He's from Fort Payne. He's from Fort Payne, and uh, he's a big Alabama fan. He asked me what the score be. Kevin, I told him 37 to 28, Alabama. I think it's going to be an offensive game because I think Alabama has has the tendency, and we I haven't seen in the past couple of weeks. Derrick Henry has the tendency of breaking off those big plays, man. So does uh, King and Drake. They can break off the all they need is that one quick play, man, and and it's going to force Ole Miss to to actually open up their playbook a little more. Because I know if you play in a team like Alabama, you know they got a good defense. You know they got a good defense. So what you got to do, you got to wear their defense down. That means you got to keep your offense on the field a whole lot more. And to tell you the truth, they really don't have – I don't think Jake Coker, he, he's okay. But he's no <clears> – <throat> I don't know. I, I mean, he 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 he's not. Oh man, he's not. I think like this team they used to playing with. They're not the caliber of quarterback they used to playing with. Yeah, and what you talking about quarterbacks, man? Watch out for Chad Kelly. I mean, he's a JUCO transfer, but he's had some big games in a couple of scrub games so far. So right. let's see how he handles that pressure from being in front of that raucous right. Alabama roll tide crowd. I think that's going to be important. Right. Well, I like Knicks. It's, it's going to be – this is what type of game it's going to be. They're going to try to get each other to play into their games. That's, that's automatic. That's automatic. But Alabama is going to try – they know Ole Miss can score average – they're averaging 70 points a game. They want to keep that offense off the field as much as possible – so it can conserve their defense. So Derrick Henry and King and Drake is going to be a big factor in this game. I don't yeah. know because they can they can actually test Coker by putting eight in the box. They can test him. He's not that good. He's no great. He's no better than uh, uh, Grayson La- uh, Lambert up there at Georgia. He's no better than him right now. Well, maybe T. Nix, he shows up under the pressure, you know, because sometimes in scrub games people don't show up. So 
we we know Nick Saban is the master motivator, and he knows that um, Lane Kiffin is a good play designer that can maybe take better advantage of his strengths, maybe. <laughs> well, when Cooper Bateman is no better. I mean, don't get me wrong, Cooper Bateman got a better uh, completion percentage. He He's a 72. Jay Coker only has a 63. But at the same time, I mean, what, what the Jay Coker has a better quarterback rating. He's at 149.9, but they don't have to push him like that because he has a Derrick Henry behind him and a King and Drake. He doesn't have to worry about him. And, re, and right now, King and Drake is the leading receiver on the team. So if you key on on Derrick Henry and King and Drake, this is this is going to be an emotional game, I think, by being played in Tuscaloosa. It's going to be a very emotional game. Ole Miss cannot get out of their game plan. And if they can make Alabama play the way they want them to play, just like Ohio State made Alabama play the way they wanted to play in the national championship, I hope they they probably looking at that film. They probably looking at that film from the national championship. Now, true enough, I don't think uh, Ole Miss has a, a, a spinoff of Ezekiel Elliott on their roster. And you got an Alabama Alabama defense that's a year more experienced, and I don't think Nick, Nick Saban will fall into that same trap again. But if oh if Alabama end up playing Ole Miss in that in in the in they same uh, fall into that same trap that they fell into with Ohio State, and they had to leave at halftime. Yeah, they know. did. So, so with that being said, T Knicks, you still taking Alabama with the points though. I, I'm gonna take Alabama, but I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. I like I said, thirty seven to twenty eight, Alabama. All right, so they cover T Knicks, so that finishes up college this week. Now right. let's talk about pros week one, which went down last week. We already talked about um well, we previewed Pittsburgh and, and New England. New England pulled that game out. Um, right. Grunt went off like like we all um, expected, who all got him on fantasy, man. Um, it was nice to see Pittsburgh lose. I'm not even going to lie. Right. I concur. Yeah. So we'll skip over that game since we kind of previewed it pretty heavy. t next. now let's get into the schedule, man. The first game, the Packers and the Bears. With us being at Rosati's and it being the Bears bar, we actually saw a good bit of this game. The Bears look better than I thought they would, man. I can't lie to you. John Fox is a good coach, and he had his team prepared. Yeah. And and I think it was a lot to do with uh, Matt Forte. That that was a the only... lot to do with Matt Forte, T-Nick. Matt Forte kept them out a lot of stuff. Matt Forte kept, kept him out a lot of stuff, man. For real. Matt Forte was one of the better running backs, pound for pound, that I've seen on TV. Now, the stats might not have proved it, but he had he got the yards when he was supposed to get him. And, and, and Shoot, this game, the stats did prove it, man. Shoot. 
over 100 yards rushing, over 80 yards receiving, man. Hey, Forte showed up. He ran for 141 yards, T. Nick. Right. That's so, balling right there in the NFL game. So, so what what does that what what does that let you know about the overall Chicago team? We knew the defense wasn't going to be great. We knew it's it's going to take them time to get there, but they showed improvements. They were at least tackling this year. Last year, man, sometimes it just looked like they were just man. I don't know what was going on. Like right. Trishman had lost the team. So there just was a lack of effort. This year I saw a lack of effort, so you can work with that. And right. they played the Packers tough, man. So I, I'm i not as down on the Bears as I was before the game. Right. But at the same time, Green Bay, to our point, it will be confirmed on Sunday. But mm-hmm. we both feel they're the class of the NFC. So to barely lose to the class of the NFC in the first game is, is a positive step for Chicago. Well, well I think I think a big reason of that is Jordy Nelson also. Jordy Nelson was a big factor in it also. So they can actually. Well, I say like this. I think James Jones, in terms of his play for that game, they didn't. Miss, I'm not saying every game for the season, but you and I saw James Jones making some very nice catches. He right. had a very Jordy Nelson s game. So at least for this game, I don't think they missed Jordy Nelson. Right. Right. But I, I like, like you said, the, the Packers are uh, the the top of the class of the NFC North, and uh, I thought it would have been a little bit more. But like you said, the, the Bears gave a value effort at home, and so things turned out the way it did. But the Packers are on their way and uh, starting off at one and zero. Any other games you wanted to, you wanted to bring up, bro? The next game we got to talk about. Um, shortly, briefly, is Kansas City and Houston. Houston, we have a problem. Um, it's the quarterback. <laughs> I called this one before the game started, T-Nix, and it ended up going like I thought it would, whereas yeah. Hoyer just didn't show up. <clears throat> and and Kansas City found themselves up big time early in this game, 17-3. to And Houston just could never make up that deficit. Um, Kansas City is a team that you picked the win in the division, right? Yes. And they played um, Denver tonight, who I picked to win the division. So we'll we'll kind of get a head start on how those teams look. Good thing is against each other. But um, Kansas City is a team we both like. Um, Jamal Charles didn't do much at all, but they still pulled out the victory, um, throwing the ball to Travis Kelsey. So Alex Smith, those thinking dunks you talk about, right? That's exactly what he did, but it worked out this game. Yeah, yeah. Houston, figure out your quarterback position. I know y'all gonna start Mallet this week, but you gotta find somebody and roll with them. Right. Uh, and I don't think there's nobody out there on the waiver wire they can even call. They can probably even come in and fill it, you know, and just give a little competition or even notice think, that my home green plays in. Yeah, I think I think I think Mallet is gonna bring it, but he has to step up instead of stepping back because he didn't get toes week one. So it'll be interesting to see what they do against Carolina this week. Yeah. All right, yeah. next. The next game we talked about was the game I call the snoozer of the week. I didn't think the Jets could score 31 points in the game. I, I didn't think they could score 31 either, but it, but you know what? Uh, I was I was somewhat watching the game, 
and they had the Browns' defense on the field a long time throughout that game. And when the second quarter came, you know, the Jets ran up 14, even though Cleveland ran up 10. The Jets came out second half, and they went on the 10-0 run. And then they got another touchdown in the fourth quarter. Uh, That's the way you beat defenses, bro. You keep them out on the field longer than you keep your defense out on the field. And uh, the Jets did what they had to do. And Chris I mean, Chris Ivory, yeah, that's the man. Chris Ivory, he he did what he he did what he had to do and what he was supposed to do. But I don't think it'd be enough uh, kahuna, so to speak, to win the AFC East. No, but you got to start somewhere, and a lot of people pick Cleveland to win this game. So they're one and zero, and they go to Indianapolis on Monday night. Right. See what happens there? And speaking of Indianapolis, my dud of the week is Indianapolis. Which you called this game correctly by picking Buffalo. Right. Rex yeah. Ryan had them pumped. Um, the defense was swarming. And and Andrew Luck looked confused and lost until he scored two late touchdowns. You yeah. have to give Buffalo credit and really take them as a serious contender for a wild card spot. And possibly, depending on another game, we'll talk about uh, a true AFC East contender. Right. But like, but like I said, when we when uh, we were doing the show uh, this weekend, uh, I said the Buffalo Bills outmatched the Colts in every position except wide receiver and quarterback. They just outmatch them. Defense, offensive line, defensive line, you know, coach, running backs. The only thing they, they outmatched them at was quarterback. And wide receivers. And T.Y. Hilton got hurt. And T.Y. Hilton got hurt in the process. So, I don't know. I don't know. Frank going Andre Johnson may not be the might, may not be the answer. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe Andrew Luck needs to, need to take that Peyton Manning role and do what he got to do. But it's the growing pains. His is fourth year in the league. He's going through his growing pains, and uh, he has to come over his his hangups. So and let's he, not get it twisted. Rex Ryan has frustrated many a quarterback. Right. So we'll see what he does against the Jets. But to your point, Buffalo played tremendously, and that was the eye-opener of the day for me. Um, Miami beat Washington 17-10. Um, I don't know what Miami was doing for most of the game, <laughs> but they ended up pulling out a game that they couldn't afford to lose. Right. Um, Carolina beat Jacksonville. Jacksonville showed up well in the first half. And it's not like Carolina played spectacularly on offense. It's just right. that defense is so hard to score on T-Nex. Yeah, yeah. If Carolina wins this division, that's how they win it. Running the ball, Cam Newton not turning the ball over. And defense, yeah. Exactly, exactly. All right, one of the, the better game, the best game of the one o'clocks in my mind, Seattle versus St. Louis. Neither one of us got this game right. No. I, I told you St. Louis plays them. St. Louis, they always play the division tough. So it doesn't, it didn't surprise me that it went to overtime. 
But you know what surprised me, T Nick? That is the win. <laughs> the fact that the Rams won. That's where you take that next step where you talked about Tennessee. I feel like the Rams took a next step. I don't think they took a next step to the playoffs per se, but they're growing like they need to to get to that point where next year they try to push either the the Cardinals or a surprise team we're talking about San Francisco or Seattle for a possible playoff spot. That right. defense is tough to this. Even though they gave up 31 points, those defensive linemen, man, for the Rams, man, Michael Brockers, Aaron Donald, don't forget they got Nick Fairley, man, Kupels, um Man, they got a nice defensive line, T. Nicks, and I can see them causing some troubles for some people. Well, well, Is there anything I mean, that stood out to you in this game? Well, well, yeah, just like we were talking talking before. You know, Seattle, they've been having problems on the offensive line. You know, and in, and in this sport, you've got to control the trenches. So with the people that you just named in on the front seven for the Rams and the and the problems that the Seattle Seahawks are having on their offensive line, you can see why things went the way that they did. And then the Rams are at home. And then you got a, a lot of people forget who coached the Rams, Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher took the Titans to the Super Bowl. He know how to win. And then by doing this, you know, he he's in a defensive division, so he's building his defense. He has Nick Foles out there now which is a pretty good quarterback. You know, a lot of people are still tripping. Why say, why they get rid of Nick Foles and they pick up Sam Bradford? I don't know why. Maybe it was money issues or whatever. People still don't understand. We had the system. And with Nick Foles was working in that system too. So what is it about Sam Bradford to make him any better than Nick Foles? Do you want to go to the Super Bowl or do you want to go to the playoffs? And Chip Kelly feels like accuracy from Sam Bradford and get him to the Super Bowl. Now, yeah. do I feel the same way? No. <laughs> but <laughs> that's what he feels. And, you know, he's going to take a chance and, and do what he feels is best for his team, too, next. And then people – and he and he has a way to make it stick, just like Rex Ryan doing Buffalo. Rex Ryan, when he speaks, people believe him for some crazy reason, just like Chip Kelly in Philadelphia. When he says something, people believe him. And don't ask any questions. But Jeff Fisher seems like he know what he's doing out there with the Rams. And, uh, the they got Seahawks. a nice first win, T-Knicks. Yeah. It's something to build on. Something to build on. What else you got right. home? Arizona took out um, New Orleans. Um, it was a competitive game. Carson Palmer looked very nice in his comeback. And this shows why you picked them to win the division. Yeah. San Diego. Come on, Detroit. Y'all was up like 21 to 3, man. Yeah. And then San Diego came back and scored 30 points straight on y'all. That's embarrassing in the NFL. Yeah, that, that looked like San Diego in November, don't it? Yeah, basically. Yeah, that was San Diego in November. You don't know Tennessee? somebody. Now, that, 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 that game right there, that blew my mind. We were both wrong on that. That blew my mind. Yeah. I don't I don't know what Wizard Hunt blew in Mariota ear, but oh Lord, it worked. So forty two fourteen, Mariota four touchdowns, man. He didn't even play in the fourth quarter. 
Is he a product of the system or is he that good, bro? It's both. He's accurate at a short distance, and he can throw long distances occasionally. So Wizenhut doesn't run necessarily the, the West Coast offense, but it's a derivative of it. It focuses on timing and accuracy, moving slightly in the pocket, and then running when necessary. So it fits what Mariota does well. But at the same time, I think he does well against Cleveland. But let's see what he does when he gets a Buffalo or, or a real defense. But you got to give him credit at the same time for what he did. Yeah, and then at the same time, uh, you got to see when they play the Colts, and then you got a quarterback that can match him tit for tat, and it's probably more superior. Than Andrew, oh, he is. And more superior than Andrew Luck instead of playing his rookie colleague in James Winston. And then two next, um, Denver-Baltimore was a lot more boring game than I thought. Defensive. Um, Peyton Manning looked like, man, me back there quarterback. Like, he couldn't even throw the ball for real. But um, your Flacco didn't look that good either now. He did a pick six just like Peyton did. Yeah, neither one of them looked good. <laughs> so what does that mean? That means you should trade um, Peyton Manning to me for nothing if you're out there in the fantasy world. Because unlike everybody else, I don't think Peyton's falling off the edge of the earth. And I'd ride with him all day. Because you and I both know Denver could have um, – Baltimore could have me and you at defensive end, and they're still going to cause some havoc. Right. So y'all don't give up on Peyton, but um, a good defensive game that Denver ultimately poured out. This <laughs> yeah. T. Knicks looked like um, doggone Super Bowl contenders, but part of that was because they were playing Oakland. <laughs> so yeah. we won't even go into that game. Yeah, and then while we was watch- I was watching the game, they said, well, Cincinnati has never shut out an opponent, uh, uh, opposite opponent in week one in the history of the franchise. And as soon as they show that, boy, here they go. They said Oakland run off two touchdowns. I was like, okay, yeah. But you know what? They don't go off of stats like that. Sometimes you don't need the good stats to be a good team. Exactly. Uh, and we know what happened in that game. Yeah. The game was out of hand in the third quarter. And uh, so that's how that go. Yep. So, um, T-Knicks, um, we're going to talk this one, and then we're going to say the two Monday night games for after the break. But Dallas, man, pulls off the upset because the Giants had the ball first and goal, T-Knicks, up by three. And they could have scored a touchdown, in my mind, if they really would have tried. But then right. it gets the third down, and you got Dallas with no timeouts. And Eli goes back to throw a pass. And T. Knicks, instead of taking the sack and running 40 seconds off the clock before you kick the field goal, Eli throws it away. You can't give Romo an extra 40 seconds, man. You know what Romo go do in these daily situations. And yeah. Romo drives his team down the field with no Dez Bryant, T. Knicks, and pulls off the win, man, with seven seconds to go. Well, only thing I can tell you right now, Tony Romo might be the modern-day Brett Favre. He is. He can't. You can't give him that. You can't give him that much time. So, especially for no reason. Uh, well, we so got the match. Man, we got the we, we got the matchups. They got to play Atlanta Falcons this week. I don't know how that's gonna go. I don't know if Eli is gonna uh, step up his game or whatever. But that can't keep happening. 
because if not, the Giants will be five and zero and five, zero and six, real quick, and uh, we gonna be skipping over them real quick when we talking previews and and, and post game shows, man. So, with that being said, you're listening to Sports Radio with T Nick, the producer, Kev, the analyst. When we come back, we're gonna be in the bottom half of our show in the last thirty minutes. We got Jackass of the Week coming up from Kev. Yep. We'll go ahead and finish this thing up. We'll be right back. Nick Sports Radio. He's the producer. Kev the analyst. Right after the break. Yep. You are the things you want me to I just want 
Oh, I understand. No, we understand that. But he showed us something with Pacquiao going after Pacquiao. I'm not right. saying he had to fight somebody that he felt was going to win. Right. He could have fought somebody better than that. <laughs> well, you you got to look at his weight class, bro. I don't think there's anybody too much better than him. Oh, and, man, it's plenty of people. Amir Khan, man. I mean, shoot, he could have fought dog on Sugar Shane Mosley again for that mess. Well, with that, you know what? When he fought Sugar Shane Mosley five years ago, yeah, that was a good fight. But, uh... It's just, Berto suck, man. No, I'm not, I'm not gonna let you talk around that. Berto <laughs> was horrible. Yeah, you can try to justify it all you want to, man. I'm not saying he had to fight dog on um, Sugar Ray Leonard in his prime, man. But that was just, man. Come on, dude. That can't be your forty. That can't be your last fight, man. Come back and give us something. I'm not what? saying you got to fight somebody you can you can beat, but man, what? yeah. Well, well, you can I can I throw something out there, bro? You have to throw it out there, man. I don't think he know how to manage his money like he's supposed to. You probably gonna see him fight again. Once he retires and his belts go back up because he's gonna take him with him, don't be surprised he come back in another year or two and like, oh, you know what? I ain't got enough money to do what I wanna do in life because he's in, he's not even forty yet. And you know he spent money like running water. So don't be surprised you see him come back and somebody might hurt his feelings. Well, but I think what you said, he won't fight anybody who's a superior challenge. So I think he knows his way to get around it. Yeah, but he's going to have to. He's going to have to because he don't know how to deal with his money. And I tell a lot of people that. And then people, they just, oh, man, you can fight in it. Okay, okay. Look what happened to Julio Cesar Chavez. Look what happened to Mike Tyson. Look what happened to Oscar De La Hoya. They got to come back because they don't know nothing else. But we ain't talking about that. We talking about football. <laughs> but that's yeah, just, that's just jackass, man. Now let's go ahead and talk about um. Your boys down here, the Dirty Birds, man. They pulled out a nice victory. You got to give them credit on that. Yeah, I, I took Philly in this game, man. And uh, Atlanta impressed me. Intensity, uh, execution, and uh, they had a hard time with Darren Sproles, though. But you know Everybody, what? A lot of people do. Who don't have problems with Darren Sproles? <laughs> you got it. I mean... Unless you got a cornerback on Darren Sproles, that is a godforsaken matchup right there. But, you know what? I still got the Eagles winning this division. Uh, Atlanta, with Quinn at the helm, has, uh, I think he's trying to breathe life back into this city, back into this team, back into this organization, back into the players. And uh, he's doing it with defense. Man, people are get, actually getting excited about the defense more than the offense now. Yeah, and that's that's long time coming here, man. Well, that's actually unspoken, unheard of here. I don't even know this for offense. But now they got defense. Oh, well. But Atlanta pulls it out 24 to 26. And uh, yeah. the last game, T-Knicks. <laughs> 
I mean, this was a surprise too, man. Yeah. I thought yeah. Minnesota was going to win, and San Francisco shows, hey, we ain't dead yet. I don't know why y'all keep saying that. Well, um, Carlos Hyde looked like, man, please, like, doggone Walt Frazier. I mean, not Walt Frazier. I'm talking, boy, I'm talking basketball. Or yeah, Earl Campbell. Yeah. Uh, everybody did horrific. Everybody did horrific. In this game, Adrian Peterson, uh, well, Vikings only had 17 first downs in the whole game. Uh, they was one for nine on third down conversions. You can't win games being one for nine on third down conversions. Yeah, you're right about that one. Adrian Peterson, 10 carries, 31 yards. Surprise. Teddy Bridgewater was thirty uh twenty three for thirty two. Uh had two hundred and thirty one yards. That's a seventy one point nine uh completion rating uh with an interception. Mike Wallace, six receptions, sixty three yards, not too bad. No touchdowns though. Cal the whole team didn't score no touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean it's I don't know. I don't know. Now, by them holding San Francisco to 20 points, that's real good. But you know what? They got to get their offense going. They got to get their offense going. 248 total yards. Right now, they're 29th in the in the NFL. I mean, all they can do is get better. That's all I can tell you, bro. What's your take on it? I mean, yeah, you nailed it. I mean, it's the first game, so you don't want to overreact. Um, we just picked Minnesota to be a better team. We didn't pick them to go to the playoffs. So they got time to improve. And I just I congratulate San Francisco for coming out and showing people, hey, we're not dead yet, man. We can play football. We got a whole season, so let's roll. Got you. Got you. All right. All right. Now, since we done talked about this past weekend, Let's go ahead and get on this weekend. Where you want to start at? I guess we're going to start on tonight's game, huh? Yeah, man. And, you know, I keep track of it online. And um, the Chiefs were about to score. And somehow, somewhere, they turned the ball over. So Denver um, has the ball back, scores 0 0. Um, I picked Kansas City to win this game. Um, I think it's going to be a defensive battle. I think it's going to be one of those 21 to 24 or 17 to 20 games. And I just got um, Kansas City winning this game. I like the passing, the short dink and dunk passes from Alex Smith. And Jamal Charles will break a couple of runs and some uh, screen passes. And, of course, you know I like my boy Jeremy Macklin and, of course, Kelsey. So I just look for the Chiefs to pull it out, T-Nex. What about you? Well, yeah, I got to win the division. So uh, it's a lot of things that uh, looking at the Baltimore-Denver game last week, uh, Peyton – he got a lot of he got a lot of things to prove to the people. Uh, a lot of half of the people that's uh, in the media think he's washed up. Other half doesn't. Uh, Kansas City think it's their time. The Broncos trying to hold on to what they got. So, but I do like Kansas City because I do have them winning the division, and uh, I'm I'm looking at a maybe a 21-17-20-17-24 game somewhere in that neighborhood. 
but uh, they're in the first quarter with 6.51 left, and it's still 0-0. Zero, zero. Uh, so I guess they're still trying to figure each other out. Yep. And how they going to win this game. But, bro, until something else pop off with that game, let's go ahead and move into our Sunday, game, the Sunday games, 1 o'clock games. Uh, yeah, so we'll start, we'll start with the Bengals and um, the Chargers, who both had impressive first wins. Um, they have to come across the country to play the Bengals, but the last time they came across the country to play the Bengals, they beat them in the 2013 first round of the playoffs. And we know um, San Diego's a team that's not going to back down from a challenge. But early in the season, typically, even though they don't back down, they lose. <laughs> So it was interesting to see them be down so many points to Detroit and come back um, and win that game, which has to be an open, a good feeling for Chargers fans because it's the running joke between me and UT next day. Hey, man, if you can play San Diego weeks one through nine, you got a real good chance of winning. But week 10 going forward, man, you go get a whole different team. Yeah, you will. You will. And, uh, and I think what 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 what's going on in that game that uh, San Diego will be facing a superior defensive team than what they did with Detroit, um, and I don't know Hugh, Hugh Jackson by him being the head coach in that division with the Oakland Raiders and his past, I think he know how to set up and 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 play the San Diego Chargers, and uh, and I think he's going to do what he did. This past week, keep the ball out of the offensive hands, out of the, out of the other team's offensive hands. And so he, that that means Jeremy, Jeremy Hill, Giovanni Bernard, Tyler Eifert, A.J. Green, and whoever else that needs to step up and play the role. Just keep the ball out of the other team's hands and just run the clock down. Straight, smash-mouth football, old school. So that being said, who you got winning? Uh, I got Cincinnati winning by probably 10 to 14 points. I got it being a little closer. I got it being 24-17 with the Bengals going there and pulling out that W. But this won't be – San Diego starting winning one this season won't be an issue um, because, I mean, losing a road game, that's expected to happen, especially against a team as good as the Bengals. Right. All right, T-Knicks. Um, next game, let's go ahead and go to Houston, Carolina. We yeah. talked about Houston's Carolina, Houston's quarterback struggles earlier. Um, they're going to play a team that is nasty on defense. <laughs> and no Arian Foster to, to balance your run on. Alpha Blue's good, but he's no Arian Foster. So even though I'm nervous about Carolina's offensive output, I still look at them to win this game and start off the season two and OT next. Well, I got I got the same thing. I mean, uh, like you said, Alpha Blue is no uh, Arian Foster, uh, but at the same time, you got drawbacks for the Carolina Panthers. Ted Ginn Jr. is the leading receiver right now for the team. Uh, Jer- yeah, Jericho Cotri is second. Um, like I said, until. They can get their mojo going and keep everything clicking uh, the way they're supposed to. Cam Newton is going to have to use his legs, and him being a threat just being on the field 
he's going to have to utilize that with the defense. And so right now the Carolina Panthers is just rolling on Cam and the defense. But I do have the Carolina Panthers winning maybe 20, 24, uh, 13 on this one over the Houston Texans just for the lack of quarterback problems. All right, we're both in agreement, um, even though I'm scared of um, Carolina. And, though, and, and Tennessee is actually winning the NFC South right now, AFC South. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, think about it. The other three teams lost, so that's a good point. All right, T-Knicks. So let's go ahead and go to the next game. We're in agreement so far. Um, we'll probably be in agreement after this game, but let's see. Pittsburgh um, gets San Francisco at home, who San Francisco was surprisingly um, dominant. I will use that word. And we looked at Pittsburgh, who played a good game. It was going to be hard to beat New England that game. And now they've had 10 days um, to prepare for San Francisco T-Knicks. Right. As hard as it is for me to pick Pittsburgh, I'm picking them in this game. It's just too much, I think, going their way. And it would well, be hard for them to come back from 0-2. Well, well, yeah, but you got to – the thing that I'm taking Pittsburgh on this one, uh, the backup, D'Angelo Williams, just because Le'Veon Bell suspended, racked up 127 yards. And Le'Veon, he didn't even get any touchdowns. So you could probably take those yards and rack it and throw in two touchdowns with Le'Veon Bell in the lineup. Antonio Brown, nine catches, 133 yards. He's playing like the number one draft pick in fantasy football right now. And I think is is without a Le'Veon Bell, I still think that Stiller has enough defense and enough offense to keep San Francisco off of bait, and plus they have to come all the way over to Pittsburgh and play down. So I'm 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 actually picking Pittsburgh to win by double digits. All right, T-Nets. So we're we on the same page so far. Next game, let's take New Orleans at home against Tampa Bay. So both of these teams are 0-1, speaking to teams in the same division with um, the chance to go 0-2, T-Nets. Can Tampa, from what we saw, can they pull off this upset in New Orleans? I I don't see it, T-Nicks. Uh, Try to convince me otherwise. I, I can't convince you because uh, you got a rookie quarterback in Tampa Bay with James Winston. Uh, so when you have a rookie quarterback, you pack the box and make them beat you, make James Winston beat you, which he can't do right now. He couldn't beat Marcus Mariota in the Tennessee Titans. So therefore, he's going to have to. They're 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 going to. Sean Payton is going to make the defense make James Winston beat him, and they don't and they don't have a Mike Evans also. So therefore, that makes it twice as hard on James Winston to do so. So you couldn't convince me, huh? <laughs> I, I don't want to convince you. I mean, and then you going out playing New Orleans and playing Drew Brees? Yeah, even though they got key players is gone, Jimmy Graham is gone. Heck, Mark Ingram was the leading receiver with 98 yards on eight receptions. That lets you know how bad New Orleans is doing right now in their receiving core. He was the leading rusher 
and the leading receiver. Will Snead was the next best wide receiver with one reception for 63 yards. Braylon Cooks, which we thought in fantasy football was going to do something, is the fourth leading receiver, four receptions, 49 yards. Yeah, I knew he was going to have trouble that game against Patrick Peterson. Yeah. But, you know, this it can turn around for him playing the Tampa Buccaneers down in the Superdome in New Orleans. Saints win by double digits easy. All right, then let's go to the next one o'clock game, T Knicks. Detroit at Minnesota. Um, this is one of the tougher calls for me. Um, I still got belief in Zimmer. So I'm rolling with Minnesota at home to go ahead and pull that game on now. Who you got? <sighs> Even though Detroit's the scored all them points. You know what? The way that Detroit well, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm, I'm gonna take Detroit in this one because even though they lost to a losing effort to San Diego, it seems like uh, Matthew Stafford found a brand new toy in Eric Ebron and uh, Amir Abdullah, their new acquisition at running back. He was the leading, second leading reception uh, leader. But had Ebron, heck, he was above Calvin Johnson. Uh, I think the Lions are redefining themselves. They're not thinking about Indomitian Sue or Nick Fairley. Uh, Abdullah was actually the leading rusher over Jacoy uh, uh, Bell. Uh, I think they. Uh, I think the Lions have found. They're, they're, they're a new running back in the future. I'm talking about this season and the guy that can catch out the backfield, too. I'm, you know what? I'm going to take the Lions in this one, and it's going to be a close one. I'm thinking a 21-20 game right here. All right. Then how about the Arizona Cardinals going to Chicago? We just talked about how Chicago looked pretty impressive against a good team in um, Green Bay. Now they play another good team in Arizona. So what's your thoughts on this one? Well, you got you they last week the Chicago Bears played uh what we thought was the best team in the NFC North, which was the Green Bay Packers. They came up short. And now they're playing another team that we think well, I think is the number one team in the NFC West is the Arizona Cardinals. And tell you the truth, they got a better defense than Green Bay do. They don't have a better quarterback, but they got a better defense. So I think actually Arizona actually rolls up in there and defeats the Chicago Bears just as bad as they beat the New Orleans Saints last week. All right. I'm going Arizona <laughs> with you. Um, no use in um, arguing on that one. What you think about Tennessee and Cleveland? Keep it short because it ain't worth much thought. Oh, Tennessee. Agree. <laughs> All right. Um, what do you think about the Dirty Birds going to the um, Big Blue? The Big Blue. You know what? I think. Uh, I think. I think Atlanta's gonna fall on this one. Yep, I'm with you, too, Nick. I think Atlanta's gonna fall on this one. Julio String, Julio Jones is dealing with hamstrings right now. They don't have a running game, even though they had a decent running game. They don't have a running game. So, 
Eli, if you don't make any bonehead mistakes, New York will pull this one out. But, you know, just for the fact of I'm going to go ahead and take – I'm going to go ahead and take uh, the the, the G-man on this one. Yeah, I'm with you there, T-man. I just think it's going to be – you play with so much emotion on a Monday night. You got one team who had something snatched right from them. I just think the Giants are going to play them well. And I think it's going to be a close game. Right. Give me the Giants with a, you know, Bob, like you said, around 28-24. Right. All right, right. T. Knicks. Um, St. Louis and Washington, you can keep this one short, too. I'm going with St. Louis. St. Louis. All right, man. Um, New England and Buffalo. So this is Rex Ryan versus Belichick, or Belichick, whatever you call him, T. Knicks. Right. Um, you picked Buffalo last week. I like Buffalo last week, but I didn't have the guts to take them. You did. Do you have the guts to take them again at home against New England? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take them. Like I the said. Page. The Patriots aren't going to underfade this year, too, Nick, so no, I feel you. But you know what? I'm going to do it on the same acquisition that I did last week with the Colts. It's only two positions <laughs> that – New England beats Buffalo in. Well, actually, three, if you want to count tight end with Gronk. But everything else, the Patriots, I mean, the Buffalo Bills are superior. Defense, offensive line, defensive line, defensive backs, running backs. The only thing that New England got better, well, if you want to throw in the head coach, too. To a, to a certain degree, because I think Belichick is getting the Rex Ryan head to a certain degree. I'm going to take Buffalo. In a slim I'm with you, dog. I, I got the guts to call it this week, and I'm calling for the same thing you calling. In the upset of the week, I'm taking um, Buffalo, even though it's at home, to take out New England, and the Rex Ryan train is going to be filled with bandwagon or fans. That's what's up. That's what's up, man. All right, bro. We are coming up on the top of the hour, man. Let's go ahead and run through these 4 o'clock games. Jacksonville, Miami, who you like? Miami. Agree. Baltimore, Oakland, who you like? Baltimore. Me too. Dallas, Philly, this is a little different. Still give me Dallas, but I'm worried about the loss of Dez Bryant. You know I'm taking Philly at home. I'm taking Philly at home. Okay, 8.30 game, Seattle at Green Bay. Give me Seattle, even though everybody else is taking Green Bay. I'm taking Green Bay on this one. I'm taking Green Okay, in the Monday night game, the Jets at Indy. Give me Indy. Indy. That's what's up. That's what's up, man. Man, we got too much to talk about, man. That's why we had to run through this last time. But, hey, I just want to thank everybody for joining the Nick Sports Radio. Join us in next week, Thursday, from 7 to 9, here on NickSports.com, on Nick Sports Radio, on TalkShoe.com. Please hit our Facebook page and like us at Nick Sports Radio. And remember, our sports, your sports, Nick Sports. we got Tina Subdusa, Kev, the analyst. And we out, man. Holla at you, bro. Later, man. The Nick Sports Show, following the greatest day on Sports Show. This is the online radio show for true sports fans. Coming to you from the ATF, Canada analyst, T-Nick, the producer. We're just the parents of the big